0: Many wool growers dream of seeing their wool in a product at retail and being part of the story that helps sell their fibre. We've seen companies such as Country Road and MJ Bale sell on-farm stories as part of their marketing, but it's not simple given the way the industry works through blending and the critical mass of wool required. However, with shared ledger technology such as blockchain, Together with online selling platforms such as WoolQ, this dream is getting much closer to reality. And whilst being a dream for many growers, this transparency, traceability and provenance is what consumers, manufacturers and brands are starting to demand given the global concern over climate and sustainability. People want to know where their clothing is coming from. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming, and today a look into the not-too-distant future of blockchain technology and what it offers wool. So AWI has partnered with Everledger, a company that has pioneered the use of open ledger technology to trial and explore what this can do for wool to help sell our story of a renewable and biodegradable fibre but to also help change wool from being a commodity. But to explain it better, here's Everledger's Peter Hughes and company CEO and founder Leanne Kemp.
1: We know that wool comes obviously from uh, so many different uh, areas, regions, farms, farming practices, and we know that all of these deliver somewhat different outcomes in terms of wool quality and, and desirability. But when it leaves the grower and it's sold and heads off on its journey through the supply chain, the risk is that the individual wool produced by individual methods, and as brilliant as it may be when it leaves the farm, then has that potential to have its uniqueness sort of lost in the collective nature of wool sourcing, processing and manufacturing. Um, we, we know this is a reality and in, and blending, as an example, has to happen, but, but we also know the importance and impact of the claims that are associated with the wool mark labels that hang on a garment at the end of the line. Um, 100% Australian merino wool needs to mean 100% merino wool. So we we share a view that uh, with AWI that traceability and the existence of a digital chain of custody of an object as it transforms through that supply chain journey sort of ultimately enables the validation of those claims that any organisation wishes to make regarding the object. And it, it also then it sort of allows you to showcase a bigger story uh, origin uh, and and the associations of the individuals who've touched that object, which shifts the view of wool being a collective commodity and allows for the individuality of the wool to shine through
0: yes that's very interesting. I think there was a a high end fashion label that had uh, a campaign a few years ago called five hundred hands and Uh, that was their calculation of the number of hands that that had touched the wool from farm through to fabric. So what is an example of one of the industries that you've you've already worked with uh, where this has had uh, a significant change?
2: Well, just as Amazon started with books, we began with diamonds. And so the diamond traceability journey begins in various countries in the world. And in fact, there's probably only a handful of countries that mine diamonds today. Australia was pronounced, of course, in its expertise in the diamond industry, but the argol mine is sadly closed. And so we're no longer seeing Australian diamonds uh, across the world being freshly mined. So one of our transformation efforts was to bring together the traceability of diamonds from the source of the mine right the way through to the retail network. And what was really interesting about this industry was in 2003, on the tail end of Leonardo DiCaprio's Blood Diamond movie, the United Nations came to the table and created the Kimberley Process, which was a three-step validation system, and 81 countries came together in a global construct to enable the trust of trade to be formed. And not only that, they formed an incredibly solid consensus model around a human system. You know, diamonds are effectively traded with a gentleman's handshake, a chip of paper, and a promise to pay. And that's been a trustful network that's established from generation to generation and handshake to handshake. And we were able to think about not just only the human system of trust that existed, but how would we bring a digital twin of the diamond. And luckily enough, diamonds are unique by their very nature. So we have a puff, what we call a physical, physical, unclonable feature of a diamond that we can capture. So we don't need to add a serial number to it or put a QR code on the side. Of course, that wouldn't be possible, but we are able to take the characteristics of that stone and put a digital twin into the system and then trace that across the world. Winding back five years, because we're Everledge is about five and a half years old now, we have customers and users on the platform in diamonds and colored gemstones in over 100 countries. And what we are able to fundamentally show is that stock moves faster, consumers are willing to pay more for the purchasing of that item, and certainly there are different ways that we can think about securing, insuring and financing the pipeline. And if the diamond industry is any example of the transformation effort, we've now seen that there is a global pledge by many of the manufacturers and large retailers that provenance now becomes as important as the physical characteristics of the stone itself. So the industry's both mostly been based off four Cs, colour and clarity and, and cut and carat weight, and now there's a fifth C, and that's the consciousness of the diamond, which is around provenance and traceability, bringing together how do we think about the use of natural resources in the mining or the transformation? Water, as we're using it for laser cutting, is captured. Greenhouse gas emissions. These are all of the big questions that not just consumers are asking, but so too are those that are risk calibrating a supply chain like banks and insurers.
0: <laughs> you didn't mess around starting with diamonds, guys. It was really interesting. Sorry, sorry Peter, yeah. I cut you off.
1: Well, that's it. No, that's right. It's interesting. You're absolutely right. And, and, and I think for such an important purchase that's meaningful, um, you know, comes with a lot of thought uh, and, and comes a lot with a lot of passion. I think what's interesting, I suppose, is that by surfacing all of that information all the way through to a jewellery piece being purchased either online or, or in a store, um, this is now what makes each stone unique and different. But in a digital world... Consumers are increasingly wanting to know more. Um, It's not just about um, a a, a diamond that they're purchasing. It's about information in general. Consumers expect more. um, And in a digital world, they want that to support their choice of purchase, and they want it instantly. Um, And they want to ensure through that information that they're not inadvertently purchasing something that has a story that doesn't align with, with their values and what matters to them. And that's what we inform.
0: I think I'd challenge pretty much any any product that um, that thinks it has a better story than Australian wool, uh, particularly with it, when it comes to provenance. It's uh, it's one of our, our greatest assets alongside um, alongside the the fact that it's um, naturally biodegradable and renewable. So, given um, given your experience with diamonds and this extraordinary um, catalyst that uh, this technology presents. Where do you see the wool industry being perhaps in, say, 10 years' time given what you've learnt so far?
1: Well, it's a, it's a great question, um, and, and I suppose I should start by saying like we don't want to, to, to get too far ahead of ourselves here because this is a journey, and with AWI we're, we're obviously on that journey now, gathering data, making that transparent so it can be tested uh, to see just what might be possible for Australian wool. And making that less of a collectively sourced commodity and more unique is obviously what we're, we're, we're looking for. But we ultimately think that we're, we're moving towards where a full chain of custody, um, for Australian wool growers will be visible and for the stakeholders that are interested in that. Um, I think, uh, certainly this, that that's where things like the market's appetite to understand more things like sustainability credentials of the supply chain that touch the product. Um, and the individual's product impact on the environment, this has got exciting potential, uh, which I think transcends into the, the wool industry. But broadly, the, the future, um, it's it's moving fast, right, and, and, and I suppose the impacts of, of things as it happens day to day and year to year is, is shaping that. You know, COVID, COVID obviously this year has changed the way people are thinking about work and, and where they can work. We think that economies that are enabled by digital infrastructure are going to continue to grow and grow, Um, certainly in relevance and dominance, and we think transparency is going to be a very key factor um, in a global economy where people just become hyper-connected. They're going to not just expect but demand that connection extends to objects so that they can understand and choose to engage with those objects and purchase in real time. Um, I think data is very critical to how the whole economics is going to move. Um, people are going to obviously want to be doing business quickly, lowering their costs, using infra- infrastructure that connects people directly with their customers in a way that moves moves goods faster and, and creates that, that greater sense of connection between a, a, a grower and a, and a consumer.
0: Well, it's quite fascinating to think that, traceability, transparency, uh, the origins of a product, as well as ethics and values of how it is produced can all be rolled into into one. Very interesting, but of course, this does work two ways, of course, isn't it? At, are we gonna have um, large companies dictating their values and their ethics to Australian wool growers through this technology?
1: It's a, it, it is an interesting question. Marius, but I think, I suppose, that's why full transparency extends all the way through to the consumer, and I think, arguably, being able to understand what each player, uh, each stakeholder in in the entire value chain feels is what such transparency can create, and I think what's going to be interesting as part of the work we're doing with AWI is to actually be able to uncover some of the... Feedback um, and impact on the different stakeholders as to what is it that they actually like, what is it that actually influences the decision, um, what makes them more likely to purchase, and as we said earlier, could that inf- could that even influence how much they're prepared to pay, and how does that drive decisions of those companies um, based on what the market is is actually demonstrating to them?
2: The more that we're entrusting. Uh, natural supply chains and sustainability around natural supply chains the competitor is the rise of synthetic biology and is there alternative materials and material science that's actually going to be grown in a laboratory and arguably that's the disruption method that actually is probably more scary than the incumbents within supply chain
1: the capacity uh, that we're looking to try and enable here is to be able to take information right into the hands of the consumer that is validated. And whether that's the story of how you produce your wool with certainty being able to ensure that your wool was contained in the batch that produced this garment um, through the validation of all the stakeholders who touched that through a digital chain of custody enables, you know, the capacity to truly tell the story and the story that you'd like to tell. And that informs a whole range of new awakening awareness and education in different, different stakeholders that previously had no idea. And, of course, there's a, lot, there's a lot to do to work out how to, how to do that, how to do that in a meaningful way, um, but certainly that's part of the, the the next steps in the journey and we're looking forward to it.
0: It's fascinating. Well, I feel as though if this was conversation was to go any further, it, it would require red wine. Um, it's gone a lot deeper than I thought it would, but it's uh, such a, a fascinating time. Congratulations on um, your work thus far in this exciting area and, um, but Peter and Leanne, thank you very much for having you on with us today. You're welcome, Mary. Thank you. Nailed it. Peter Hughes and company CEO and founder, Leanne Kemp. But we're going to leave the last word here for John Roberts, Chief Operating Officer at AWI, who has spent much of his working life in the supply chain, much of it in China with elders. What does he make of the opportunities here?
1: oh look for me it's very exciting i've spent uh most of my my exporting life uh, 28 years of it uh trying to uh sell wool um growers wool directed to mill uh, and trying to make it uh the growing of wool a more fulfilling experience uh rather than sort of kissing it by uh, kissing it goodbye after the auction um and without a lot of feedback as to where it went or how well it was received so i think this is uh, a really really significant and exciting um opportunity for, for, for the industry you know and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something we're fearful of it's something we should absolutely embrace because i think you know the world's crying out for stories of of um sustainable farming farming practices and, and this is a, a great avenue for us to be able to tell our stories. natural fibers are, uh, are very much the priority these days uh and here's here's a great opportunity for us to showcase ourselves
0: john roberts ending this hopefully thought-provoking episode of The Yarn. Thank you very much for your company. We look forward to it again. From me, Murray's coming. Farewell.